Chris Prefontaine, welcome to the REI Dad podcast. Thanks, Wayne. Good to be here, buddy. Um, so why don't we start off by tell us a little bit about yourself and who is Chris Prefontaine? Sure. I've been at it, as you said uh, before the show, almost 30 years now. Uh, started off doing some building that went into brokerage company, you know, wearing the realtor hat for several years. Sold that to Cobo Banker in 2000. Started coaching people, mostly in Canada, to our earlier discussion uh, yep. from 2000 for a few years, doing our own investments. And then that led into the 2008 crash, causing us to totally restructure, re-engineer, rebuild what we're doing, which led us into today uh, buying everything on and selling everything on terms, meaning no banks, mostly lease purchase, owner financing. And then, of course, with COVID, it got tested. We built it to be recession resistant. And yeah. we had literally tripled our volume the last three months consecutively. So uh, it's working well uh, and, the, and the model is built and weathered the storm quite well. And I mean, obviously, when things like this happen, do they not create more opportunities for those kind of uh, terms and those kind of creative financing? Yeah, because look at the banks. One example, the banks are tightening, right? So they, not too many people can get financing or at least not the same level. And so they all come in this way, you know, because we're the, like the only door open, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Finance people, not finance, but we can bring them in on terms and we can buy them on terms. So why don't we, why don't we start off with that? And I mean, that's, that's your expertise in buying and selling with terms. What does it mean? Yeah. A lot of people say, okay, terms good, but what? Okay. So yeah. lease purchase and owner financing would be the primary two without getting too mm -hmm. crazy. Um, lease, best way to explain a lease is this, say you're my seller Wayne, and we could talk about a house that's over leveraged break even under, you know, whatever. But let's say the home's worth um, 500,000, let's say and you owe 400, you couldn't get what you wanted on the open market. So you engage in a lease purchase with me as a seller. Right. All I'm doing is saying to the seller, Hey Wayne, I'll give you your hundred grand that you, that you couldn't get on the market, that equity you think you have here. And I'll pay your underlying loan off at the end of the lease purchase term. So now the 400 is lower. That's my benefit. Mm -hmm. You get 100 grand. In the meantime, I take care of all maintenance, repairs, upkeep. I, of course, pass that on to my buyer who I'm going to install in the home. But that's a lease purchase vehicle to get the seller there at the right. Point. That's that side. Right. So you are, let me understand this, right? So you're the middleman. You're getting a lease option and then you have an end buyer? Yeah, we, we use all buyers that need time. So we put them through the rent to own vehicle to get them gotcha. to the end zone. Gotcha. Um, Big difference is we get them pre-qualified with an RMLO, a registered mortgage loan officer, and credit enhancement so that there's a game plan here, getting them to the end zone and winning, not, oh, I hope they can do it, you know? Of course. And you're coming in with a down payment uh, initially, you know, to pay out the initial, sorry, the, the original seller's uh, equity. And then the end buyer, are they coming in with a, a, a deposit or down payment as well? Yeah, so a little tweak there. So the, the seller is always waiting to the very end of the term to get their cash. So no money in these deals. $10. Okay. We write in $10. Um, the buyer, we create three paydays. That's why these deals are so cool. So the buyer brings in a down payment, non-refundable. So we know they're a serious buyer, not a hoping I'm renting. I hope I can buy. Second payday is every month we're going to pay the underlying debt and collect more from the buyer. And then third payday is all that principal pay down that we got plus the markup in the price. So these deals average us, our students range a lot wider, but our family company runs around 75 grand per deal every, um, uh, every deal, all three paydays. My students run from a low of 45 grand up to a high of a quarter of a million. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty and cool deal. So how long are these terms typically, um, you know, from, from finding it to, you know, the end buyer buying it? Typically, uh, we structure them no less than three with a seller. 
but most buyers will come back with the, the, the mortgage ready plan that says like 18 to 36. We make sure that the, there's a buffer there in case we need room. People, stuff happens, you know, they need more time, they need extensions. So we make sure they buffer it. But we write our deals now, uh, especially uh, a little before COVID and after COVID. Mm -hmm. We're going like three, five, seven, ten now versus, hey, we'll just do three for everything. Because mm. so, time heals a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, there is always the possibility that your end buyer may have some issues as well. Maybe they walk away. You need to have a little bit of a buffer there to make sure that you have a plan B to make sure that exactly you close right. close with your with your seller, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. Mm. And there's always ways to pivot. I could do a whole hour on just that, but so everything that has could happen has gotten thrown at us, you know, death, divorce, job, relocation. So two to 5% of the deals every year do have hiccups and you just got to know how to pivot. That's all. Hmm. So how are you finding these deals? How are you finding um, these, these owner finance deals? Okay. So any, any one of the deals come from three primary sources uh, for sale by owner. Yeah. Rent by owner and expired listings primarily. Now for the owner financing, when I say owner financing, we do owner financing on free and clear properties. So that's yeah. a separate list. If you don't have enough leads in those other categories, you can easily go out and, and look at that list. I don't know the exact stat in Canada, so I don't know all of North America, but I know in the US is like a third of the properties are debt free. That's a big number. Yeah. So you can fish in that pond and structure some really neat deals because those monthly payments we do to the seller are 100% principal, no interest. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And so, I mean, how do you find free and clear houses? Um, you can either, okay, so some come on accident through the expireds, FISBO, for and by owner, right? Just yeah. when, our, when our virtual assistant who calls them first asks them for their mortgage info, some are free and clear, a, a good amount. The other way you can find them is you just mail them or, or target them. I mean, you can buy, as you know, at so many, you can buy a list of anything these days. And free and clear is a very easy list to get. Mm -hmm. so, so we have a, a very similar strategy in Alberta that pop most, mostly popular in Alberta. It's called an agreement for sale, which is very, very similar to this, which is, um, it sounds a little bit like what you're doing, except I guess I, I just need to grasp it a little bit more when, when you're approaching someone who doesn't have a free and clear mortgage, yeah. um, it's called a lease purchase. So it's a yeah. lease option. And then you're doing a lease option with someone else. Essentially, yes, we call it a rental, but they're both they're both lease options. Yeah, that's that's so cool. You can you can sandwich them together. You can. It's called a sandwich lease, except yeah. you can't do it in um, one area in the U.S. in Texas. You you can do all the other deals we do. You just can't be in the middle of that. Okay, and so are you obligated? So you're not obligated to close with with your with your seller. Okay, good question. So there are our agreement is written that we can opt out. We can assign the house back. But some sellers will say, well, I want more definitive, at which yeah. point you're going to make a decision. Do you want to be in that? Now, that's legally. But morally and ethically, we kind of do. We say to them, look, we're going to do everything we can. We might call and ask you for an extension, but we're going to do everything we can to get this thing cashed out. So we do cash them all out. Yeah. yeah. So we position it as, hey, we're here to get that done. Absolutely. I mean, you got to make it about win-win, win -win, right? It's, it's, you don't Absolutely. want to be set in three ways, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so you said $75,000 per deal in like three to four years? Uh, yeah, two to, two to six years, you can say. That's our team. Um, our students, it's crazy. I mean, we have all the way out in Arizona. It's a little bit lower price range, 45 grand. But I got DC, California, they're hitting 186, 150, 250. Just amazing deals. Wow. And that just yeah. depends on the market, right? And what you can, I mean, appreciation, right? Uh, if you're in a no, stale market. We actually lock in the price with the buyer. 
So right. what, what drives those numbers is the higher the sale price, the higher, usually, the higher principal pay down every single month, and we pick up every penny of that. Right. So that's why it's cool to do the longer term deals. If you're doing a free and clear property, when you go four years or more, just picture the, the principal pay down on that. A oh, grand yeah. or two or three a month. That's pretty big. That's huge. That's, and where, this, the, that's where the money's made. And, and so you said you had a virtual assistant that's, that's, that's essentially cold calling or? Yeah, they call those three categories, expired for, uh, for sale by owner, for rent by owner. They fill out a property information sheet. 30 to 50% of the answer from the seller with very little said from the virtual assistant is, yes, I'm open to terms. But even if they say no, they really don't know what to say no to. Yeah. So we call the no's and, you know, roughly a third of those convert eventually, you know. So this, that was before COVID. After COVID yeah, we started hitting, you got sellers and buyers that don't know what to do. They absolutely need us to guide them right now. Yeah, that's, yeah. So how do you need a virtual assistant to do this? Or like, like how, how, how involved do you need to be, to, you know, getting started out in order to, to get started? Yeah, no, that's good. You don't need, I didn't, when I started doing terms only back in 2012, I called for sale by owners and expires myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then it got frustrating. So just time-wise to scale it, we started bringing on virtual assistants to the point now where we have a team of them that serve us and our students all across North America. One guy has been with us since 2012. This guy, this guy works 60 hours a week just calling for us and our students, and he's done some ungodly number just for us. I think it's like over 10,000 calls. It's just, that's all he does. Dad, well, when you're good at what you're, when you're I good at so. it, that's what you like doing. <laughs> and, and so you don't have to be a full-time investor to do this. You can, you can start off small scale and then work your way up and then hire a team. I mean, just like anything, it's, it's scaling, right? Yeah. Most of our students are not full-time. Some are good with that long-term because they're at this for supplemental. Look at, you start talking those numbers, do a few a year and you're okay. Yeah. But many come in Wayne and go, all right, I got a job. I don't, I want to work my way out of that. Help me with that plan. And I've seen people do it anywhere from nine months to 22 months, 26 months. A lot of students have done that. And now with COVID, of course, a lot of people want to stay home. So we're getting this big influx of people that want to come into real estate instead of having a job. So for someone, you know, that's just new to real estate investing, how does this compare to like other strategies like flipping or long-term buy and hold? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to obviously give you a, I'm going to give you a blunt biased answer because it's a niche I'm in. But yeah. let me tell you, during COVID, we were tested big time. And if I'll do a few things, wholesaling, flipping, um, I've done it all. I've done new, new construction, condominium conversions. Those are one paycheck deals. They get real agree on that. Mm -hmm. One paycheck deals. You do it, you get paid, you got to go do another one. Whereas I create the three paydays we do over time. We've actually trademarked that because no one's doing that. And so I think from a, from an income standpoint and longevity and passivity, that's way better than what we're doing now. Also during these times, those niches are getting crushed in a lot of areas. Mm -hmm. um, and then some of the States are, are really squishing the wholesaling and, and a lot of those guys are going towards terms. Why? Because there's a lot of licensing issues that you probably, you're probably well aware of that. We got invited to this thing. This is neat. Last July, we got invited. It was like 20 of the top wholesales in North America. These guys, some of them were doing 10 and 20 million. I mean, they were big companies. And then it was us, my, myself, my son, and my son a lot. And why? Because the guy running it knew we did terms. These wholesales were so intrigued by terms and they're looking like, 
what are you guys talking about? Like it was all brand new to him. I think it's by far the strongest niche and the strongest now post COVID, you know, during mm -hmm. COVID. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's especially, you know, in, in our market as well, I am, I've gone right back to it. I did it for a couple of years and then I kind of took a step back. Um, I, I mean, for me, it was a lot of break even cash flow, negative cash flow situations for mine. So I didn't want to over, um, I didn't want to, that much risk, but now yeah. with the opportunities coming in, I mean, it's, it's, how can you not? Um, crazy, right? so, good. so when you got someone that says, Hey, you know, yeah, I'm interested in terms in my experience and, and from other students and, and investors in our area, they're all like, Wayne, like, how do you get someone to agree to something like this? There's yeah. just like, cause you get the million. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if the house for like, and you can have all the answers, but most sellers eventually, even though you have all all the right answers, they still don't go through with it. So how do you close the deal? Yeah, and, so and this is that? great because a lot of people say, like I did a live webinar yesterday and they said, yeah, but how do you convince them? Here's the thing. If you're gonna convince them, that's gonna be a long, boring deal. What, what we do is we listen intently, and this is what you're paying the students on, on what the heck is it that you're trying to accomplish? Is it just you want more money in your free and clear and this is estate planning? Yep, okay, good. Is it you need debt relief yesterday with everything going on, okay? So it's whatever their reason is, we're going for that. We're not there to sell them anything. It's like when you go to an attorney or an auto body or a dent, you go because you got to solve something. Yes. This is not about trying to, you don't have to convince, the doctors have to convince you to, to, that you need to be fixed if something's wrong, right? It's yeah. the same thing. So if you come at this open-minded, there's one question at the beginning that has to be handled. And that is, hey, Wayne, if I can get you to your price, are you open to doing that on a lease purchase or on a financing? We can talk about it, but just in general, are you open or do you need your money now? That's it. Mm -hmm. If they need their money now, we're not a fit. That's okay. Yeah. If they don't need their money, let's chat. That's that's it. And we do, Wayne, just to give you a perspective here. Uh, Pre-COVID, we were doing like 12 to 15 of these a month with us and our students, not just us. We do like two to four. And yeah. then now we're hitting 25 a month consecutively just because of people need our help more than ever. Wow. And, you know, are you only specifically looking for, you know, no money down uh, scenarios or, or do you in some circumstances put some money down just to, to appease the, uh, the seller? Um, okay. So it wouldn't be, this is good. It wouldn't be to appease. It would be to get a better deal. Like when you're new, do you do that? No, you, you're running this thing on $10 deposits after you get two or three of these deals set up and the paydays are coming in, then does it make sense? And I'll give you a good example mm -hmm. to, listen a little bit more intently somebody might need moving money a couple grand right somebody we did a deal recently where we bought it subject to the existing financing it was a divorced couple strange situation right they're not all like this forty one hundred dollars in arrears not terrible but a ton of equity sitting there and they just wanted to be done mm -hmm. so we did we we paid the arrears of forty one hundred we collected forty one thousand from a buyer it wasn't a big deal but yes you can put some money down and capture a bigger back end sometimes once you get this firing yeah, and, and, and you mentioned they just wanted to be done with it. That's my favorite thing to hear. Like, I just want out. Those keywords yeah. are like, I just don't want to deal with this anymore. Those are the magic words. When you hear that, you know, you got a deal. And There's then a lot like right you, now, unfortunately. Yes. For them. yes. I mean, that thing's been sitting on the market for six weeks, eight weeks or expired and they have no options. They got no way to make those payments. A lot of times, you know, it's not just the house they're living in. It might be a house that they used to live in that was a rental or whatever. And yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, um, Multiple properties, very popular. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And because their tenant moved out because of COVID. I mean, you're right. I love, I love what you said about like 
listening to what their problem is. And, and that's, well, that's what I tell people too. just listen, listen, and whatever the problem is, see if you can solve it. And if you can't, because it doesn't work for your business, then it wasn't meant to be. Um, but once you yeah, catch yourself, you said something, uh, sorry, Wayne, you said something about the niches and you just made me think of it, what you said, because like, if you're, if you're just in one niche and granted, we're getting used to COVID now, but yeah, there'll be something else in seven or 10 years is I've been through like four of these. Okay. So mm. there'll be something else. And if you can only wholesale or only build a house, you're going to, it's going to be tough. Instead, I try to teach people to be the kind of the master transaction engineer within the terms world. Yes. So there's so many different ways to pivot. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and is there other options for exit strategies for you on these? Yes. So the one I just told you coincidentally, where they, we have to pay their arrears. We found a great buyer, 10% down a uh, little under, I think we have 41,000. We said to them after they were pre-qualified to say, Hey, there'll be mortgage ready in this long, strong deposit, great meeting. At the end of the meeting, we said, Hey, good news. If you guys can stay on time on all your payments, you don't miss any of your future deposits either because they build up their deposit over time. Yeah. In a year, we'll consider selling this on owner financing with a wrap. So that only works if you don't have a, a clock tick. And we bought that subject too. So we own it long term. Yeah. When we have the long term ownership, we say to them, We might be able to owner finance you. They are ecstatic. They don't have to go to a bank now. Yeah. The fees, the headaches, the mental, it's a drain. Mm hmm. So how do you qualify someone for that? Uh, we got to get their deposit up to 20% and they got to not be late on any of their payments. They can't walk in the door and us just be convinced they can do that. So right. we, we need to see a little track record with us and a much higher deposit in case they do default. Right. Right. I, I, I love it, man. I, this is, this is, this, I'm, I'm glad that you're into this because this is a, totally what I'm into. This, this stuff cool. get, really gets me going. And, and I love the, that transactional engineer. I mean, cause there's, it's not just one thing. You got to look at a deal and see how you can really I make do. money from this and how can I help people at the same time? Yep. And I, I tell people, if you don't need your money now, and I tell realtors who are missing a boat on this, because if they don't learn this, like they'll send us deals that are worth 80, hundred grand. I go, what? I can teach you how to do these. Yeah. So, so if, if, if you're not doing that, you're just missing a big, big, big opportunity. Mm -hmm. And, and for investors, newer investors that, you know, I talk to about these kind of strategies, they always say, well, it's, it's, it's risky. What if this happens? What if this happens? Like, how do you, how do you explain this to your students? Um, you know, I guess the balance of opportunity and risk. Well, our agreements, I'll tell you this, our forms, uh, USA and Canada are just brilliantly written. I didn't do them. So I can say that the, yeah. an attorney did it. And over the years, as things curveballs popped up, we've tweaked them. So yeah. our, our online course literally evolves constantly. Like, like weekly we'll go, Oh, oh man, we got to tweak that. We got to fix that. We announce it to the community. So I will tell you that there's, I, I'm not going to say no risk. That's, crazy because who knows what could happen but yeah. we've we've mitigated that's why i said we've made this thing so um low risk don't say no and we've made it very recession resistant so you don't have those issues i mean look we've done hundreds probably approaching thousands so it, and we haven't had any major headaches again once you learn how to pivot and you have a community that can help you do that it's fine mm -hmm. and i mean consider the fact that most of these deals you're not putting much money into them and look how much money you're making look at the roi yeah you yeah. might have one bad deal out of ten but it's not that bad when you consider the opportunity of, uh, that, this, that this presents. What's your alternative? To save 20% down and buy a rental property? Yes, yeah, so I'll tell you, the risk, is more, um, the risk is more moral and ethical, meaning our agreements are set up to protect us. That's yeah. easy. But it does, there's, there's moral and ethical decisions do the right thing. Um, as the years go on, I'll give you a quick example. Our agreement called for a buyer to cash out last December. 
and the, the seller, Randy, said he was in Texas. He relocated. He said uh, that was the end of his rope. And I called him thinking, oh, he'll extend it for me for five months. I don't want to kick these buyers out. That was a moral thing. I could have kicked yeah. him out. And he said, nope. Like most sellers do it. They, they extend it. Yeah. And he said, no, I'm not extending. So we had a decision to make. First time ever, we had to go out and raise money, pay him off. He's happy as a clam and let our buyers continue so they wouldn't be kicked out of the house. They yeah. had like 60 grand down. I just, I just couldn't say, you're done. Yeah. So you'll have moral and ethical issues. That's the biggest risk, not legal issues. Those are easy. Yeah, for sure. And so you're doing this full time, like every week with your family, you said? Yeah. 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 Is- I've been, so I started it in 12, just on, when I say I started it, as you said at the beginning of the show, I've been at this for a while, but yeah. I started just terms at the end of 12. Um, Nick, my son was a relative at the time, came in with me. We shared an office. He saw the garbage I went through with the OB crash. So he was mm-hmm. there. In 14, I think it was, end of 14, he said, hey, you know, I can help you a little bit on the buyer side. He grew into full-time. My son-in-law was a personal trainer and a bartender. Mm -hmm. They were just tired of that scene around here. It's touristy. And a lot of money, but rotten lifestyle. So he joined me at the end of 15. And now he's done, you know, well over 100 deals. So we we trained him from scratch, whereas my son grew up in the business, right? So they they come from different backgrounds. Yeah. And is your wife involved as well? Well, we've been in real estate for 29 and a half years, so not directly everyday, day-to-day operations, but she's got a rehab going on up the street right now. She just got done building this house that I'm in about six months ago, so cool. she always touches it, yeah. So, you know, you've been doing it for 30 years. Was was your family, you said your son was always involved just as a kid. What was that like? What was the family dynamic like? You know, uh, I guess early on, yeah, I mean, you weren't doing terms, you were doing condominium conversions, you were building and stuff like that. So what was it like? When he was in high school, that was kind of like the, where they started getting it, right, more. And my daughter. Um, Nick, actually, the funny story, he, in, like his junior in high school, when he could drive, at that time, we were doing pre-foreclosure. And yeah. we had him cold door knocking. And so I think back to it now, my wife goes, you had him going to these doors? Like, these were tough neighborhoods. Yeah. And he was cold knocking on doors with a list. And these people were in default. So I think back to that, that was probably a little not great decision on my part, <laughs> That's where he started. Uh, and then he got his license as a realtor like in 07 when he graduated from high school. Uh, didn't go to college. He had a head injury when he was younger. And he just said, hey, Dad, I want to work with you. He had a snowboard injury. Yeah. So he's been working with me since 07 when he got out of high school. That's cool. And, and so like most businesses and, and strategies, I, I kind of um, touched on this a second ago, but most strategies and business kind of develop over time. When you first started getting investing, uh, started investing in real estate early on, you know, what was your first strategy and like, why did you choose that one? Let me think of this. So early nineties, I, um, I don't know if you know the late or know of the late Earl Nightingale is a, he's a speaker radio. He's been dead many years, but okay. he had some really, <laughs> some really cool tapes and you listen to some will know if they're a little bit older, yeah. but he had a tape and he told a story about a guy that during the great depression stuck yard signs out, asked permission from landowners to put, yard signs out and he'd sell their land. He didn't put any money in, he'd sell their land. Yeah. So I heard that and I said, hmm, this was early 91, uh, 91. I said, I'll put a home sign out. I never built, but I'll put a home sign out. I'll team up with a builder. I'll sell the package to be built. And then at the very end, when everybody gets, when the, when the end loan comes in, the landowner gets paid, all the contractors get paid. We did over hundred homes doing that. That was my first strategy. And I forget why, I just like new construction. Mm-hmm. And then, but it came from that stupid $10 tape. That's how I get the idea. Um, 
94-ish, uh, I bought a realty executives franchise. So I put my brokerage hat on. That was different because as a builder, you're kind of like button heads at realtors a lot. Uh, after I sold that in 2000, that's when I started doing my own investments. Yeah. But that was condominium conversions. And I think I got that idea from some breakfast meeting one day. This guy was telling me about how he just was cleaning houses. I'm like, that's a cool idea. So we'd buy three, four, five, six unit buildings and would convert them into condos. And then just sell them individually, right? Individually. Yeah. yeah. That's, what, that's what crushed me in 08. But <laughs> building up, it was good. Uh, so were you keeping them? Is that why? No. What happened was, I'll give you, again, real example. So we had six units in Providence, Rhode Island, in the city. The market got hit. It was almost like a light switch went off. I had... Two units or three maybe sold at 172. Mm -hmm. Literally the next month, Wayne, I couldn't sell for 52 grand. Oh. Two thirds drop. Oh. That that that's how bad that area got hit. And I mean, this is before I was investing. I started in 2013. Um, but it, it seems to me like the US was hit much harder than Canada was. I think so. I got I have a lot of friends in Canada. I coached 38 people up there. Like I yeah, I think you guys were more stable during that. Yeah, yeah. So what were your biggest lessons that you learned from 2008? Um, you know, how did you, how do you now prepare or position yourself to kind of limit the exposure if something like that's going to happen again, like COVID? Yeah, and you could say COVID kind of, Yeah. Who, the difference was it's worldwide, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so a couple of things. One is uh, I do not and just will not break the rule of not signing personally on any loans. So you're not pledging your personal assets okay. ever. Unless it's a personal residence, I guess that'd be a good exception. Uh, mm -hmm. Second thing is the terms business. That's how this was like designed was because of that. So no signing personally, no dumping your own cash into it. And then you can sleep a lot better at night. We look, we control like 50 or 60 properties as a family at any one time. This doesn't count students. And mm -hmm. there's not one loan in our name. There never will be. And so when COVID and other things happen, what's important? Terms, you need time. Mm -hmm. You know, 10, if you have a 10 year term on a, on a principal pay down house, do you really care if the market does a little this or that? No, you're okay. No, it's, I it's totally such agree. a cool strategy. Yeah, I totally agree. That's, and, and, and a lot of people, like I keep referring to the other people, but the negative people, they're like, well, it's, what if the market stays the same? Or what if the market goes down by 10%? Look at all good that principal good. pay down. Who cares? Yeah, you're both great. Yeah. Uh, trust me. When it's going up, it's actually harder to get properties, but the buyers are more happy. When yep. it's flat, it's awesome for terms sales. And when it's going down, you pick properties out of the bucket. You just got to get longer terms on them. Yeah, it's easy math too. I like I like the, the consistency and, and I like how boring it is because I know what my profits are going to be roughly before you I even start. lock them in unless you get extensions, but you lock yeah. them in, you know minimally what you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously there's desserts if, if things do go up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. So, use that one. <laughs> so, you know, when did you, when did you start coaching this strategy? Uh, I got a call. We have a war college here. It's like a, they teach it. It's an old war college on the water. And I got a call from a, uh, a kid that had been to Afghanistan, like three tours. And he said, look, I heard of you. I'd like you to coach me. I'm going back to civilian life. That's basically what he told me. Mm -hmm. I said, sure. I didn't have a price yet. I coached and when I coached in Canada, it was mostly realtors. Yeah. So, so the investment world that I was making work quite well, he wanted to know how. So I coached him and then that literally led to writing an ebook and then growing the business to now we've got, you know, 80 associates doing deals that we do deals with all around North America and my son-in-law and my son running it with me. It's just a blast. Um, Cause as you know, no deals are the same. Mm -hmm. Like, 
So we, we're, we're super active with that now and, and have a lot of fun. And in, in, in the reason it works, Wayne, is we're doing deals every day. Mm-hmm. So our fingers on the pulse. And as you know, real estate changes too quickly. You go follow someone that's been at this 20 years ago, you're going to get yourself in hot water because it, it just changes too quickly, i.e. COVID. Yeah. So, so how do you adapt? Okay, show me. Like someone's going to guide you through that. Mm-hmm. So if, if anyone is interested in, in learning more about this, you know, and whether it be the coaching store, is, is it a coaching program? Is it a, is it a mentorship? Okay. So what we do, this is different too, in my opinion, I'm not looking to poo poo on anyone's track record, but there's just too many people out there that sell courses, right? Yes. That's all I do. And frankly, some of them haven't done deals or they're not doing them now. So what mm-hmm. we do is that our mission, our values, everything is about doing deals. So we have, and I want I want people to be able to look at the niche and look at it for free, do diligence. Mm-hmm. So we have a free webinar. They don't mind listening to me for an hour. It's content rich. It's not going to teach you how to make a million dollars. It's going to expose you to the niche. Yes. And then we have a YouTube channel that has over, we've exposed about 110 deals. We keep posting them. Real deals on the whiteboard, how we did it or our students did it. So you get the good, the bad, and the ugly in there. And um, that, so those are all free. If they decide the niche is something they want to do, there's an online academy. Yep. And then past that, there's hands-on revenue sharing with us. So it's not about... A mastermind it's not about a course and see you later this is about if someone's serious and committed they'll get doing deals that's what we're all about and when I say serious and committed to your point earlier not full-time mm-hmm. I just mean serious and committed about getting something done and not watching this shiny object and going somewhere else after six months right mm-hmm. just getting after it and staying with it sorry you said hands-on revenue sharing what's what is that specifically so when when people decide they can take our course and go do deals that's great yeah. because we have every week a free zoom call for them like like they just plug into us but if they want us to do the deals with them i'm talking about calling their sellers calling them like doing the deal locking yeah. out there's three different levels they can participate in and we do a number of deals there's a cap they don't need us in their life forever there's yeah. a cap to how many deals we do with them and we actually revenue share together we profit share together on it. that's really cool because yeah most people you know, the, the theme of the podcast, it's all about like time and managing your time. A lot of people just don't have the time to do this full time, right? Your time I, and expertise, like, yeah, you know, you do your first lease purchase, it's different than your sixth. Yes. You need some help. That's all that is. So it's, we get in there and do it with them. We analyze mm-hmm. calls and we do it all with them. That's so cool. Well, this has been like super informative and uh, really fun. Um, I want to thank you for sharing all, all this with us. No problem. Um, if anyone's interested in learning more about this or they want to reach out to you, what is the best way? Uh, best way, I'll give you two, two options here. One is just to go to smartrealestatecoach.com because there's a contact button. The, everything's there. The YouTube connects. Um, I'll do some for your audience. I'll do two things if you want. We can, mm-hmm. I can do a free strategy call. My team's going to probably slap me for that one. But go to <laughs> smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash action. It'll ask you a few questions because then you'll know, we'll know. If you're brand new, you're part-time, you did 10 deals, no deals. And I'll, we'll get on a call with you, myself or my son-in-law, Zach. Um, and if you want, uh, Wayne, because we're, we're not shipping now, we're just doing electronic because of COVID, I'm happy to give your audience a book if they just say that they heard you and I on your show. You want to do that? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that. No problem. So it's a, it's, we have two bestsellers. This one's called Real Estate on Your Terms. Just go to free, mm-hmm. S-R-E-C, book.com. So free, S-R-E-C, book.com. Awesome. Thank you very much, Chris. And thanks for coming on the podcast. You bet. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye.